0: Well, happy Mother's Day again. I think we'll hear that quite a bit today. We love our moms. And uh, before we even start our sermon, I want to read something to you. Nick, if we could pull up Romans 14, 5, 8. Romans 14, 5, 8. It says, One person esteems one day as better than another, while another Esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor to the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself. And none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Here's the reason. Amen. That's right. Here's the reason I bring that up. Today, as we recognize and celebrate our mothers, we are bringing honor to our God and his design. And I'm talking about all moms, biological Those that have married into families with children, those that have adopted, those that have found children through guardianship. I want to include all moms today, but I want to tell you that here at Grace Fellowship, we're going to find balance in this. And the reason I brought up this verse to start off our sermon is you have to understand there are services going on today that will not celebrate mother in their service, okay? They'll recognize God and God alone, which is terrific. They will not recognize moms, okay? There's other people that won't give God a second thought. It'll be just about mom. You have two extremes. Those that will not recognize this day because of it's pagan roots and because of its commercialization. And then you have others that will just embrace that. All about mom, nothing about God. We're right in the middle here. Because here's my main point. Mother's Day is a day set aside to recognize and celebrate our mothers and what they mean to us. Whether they are here now and present with us, or they have passed on, or if they live somewhere else, we can all reflect and think and love on our mothers today. So we know that what they mean to us. We know what Mother's Day is about. In doing this, though, we also recognize that our mothers are a part of God's grand and magnificent design. Therefore, our mothers are by design. And if we are honoring and giving recognitions to our mothers by, by design, then we also have to give honor and recognition to the designer. If we are honoring the design, we have to honor the designer. So whether it's Mother's Day all the praise and glories comes back to God. If it's Father's Day, all the praise and glory comes back to God. By design, we are here to honor and magnify the Lord. So when we observe this day, we give honor to our Lord. When we observe our moms, we are giving honor to our Lord. So we're not choosing to just speak on a holiday That's all about the bottom line dollar signs. We're not choosing that. We are celebrating our mothers because they are part of a grand and magnificent design. And we magnify the Lord because of them. That's what we're going to do here this morning at Grace Fellowship. Everybody turn to Psalms for me. Psalm 139. Everybody turn to Psalm 139. You're going to be like, Pastor Mark, why is this the text this morning for Mother's Day? I'm going to tell you that in a minute. I'm going to give you the answer right now. We'll let it unfold. Psalm 139. We're going to read verses 11 through 16 together. 11 through 16, says, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. when as yet there was none of them. I'm going to reference these six verses back and forth today. And I'm going to bring in two who I find extremely interesting and very important mothers. I want to talk about Hannah today. Hannah is the mother of Samuel, the prophet. And I want to talk about Mary. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Mary. Mary is the mother of Jesus. We're going to talk about Mary and Hannah. Now, when we look at verse 11 and 12 here, where it says, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. God sees all. Criminal activity, under the cover of night, God sees it bright as day. If you're trying to run from God, trying to hide from God, and you're trying to pull darkness over you like a sleeping bag, God sees it. Moral darkness, spiritual darkness, God sees it. Even intricately woven, you and I, being made in the recesses of the womb, the darkness of this womb, it's as bright as day. There is no darkness for God. He sees all. So I want to talk to you about Samuel for a second. In 1 Samuel... The text could have started out with Samuel's dedication, okay? His dedication to the Lord and the beginning of his temple services with Eli. It could have started there, but no, this story starts with his mother, Hannah. And let me just tell you the story. I'll give you a brief summary. There was a man named Elkanah. He had two wives, Peniah and Hannah. Paniah had sons and daughters. Hannah did not. Her womb was closed. Every year, Elkanah went to Shiloh to make his sacrifices and worship the Lord. And when he made the sacrifices, he would give portions to Paniah and her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion. Well, this provoked Paniah. She was extremely mean to Hannah. She caused her anguish. She provoked her. She irritated her. She was an agitator because her womb was closed and she had all these kids. Well, there's more to the story, but what I'm going to get to is she, one year, had had enough and went to the temple to pray. Eli was there too. He was sitting there. And Hannah was praying from the heart. She was weeping bitterly and praying to God. You could see her mouth moving, but there was no voice she was praying from the heart you ever prayed so hard like that we were praying from the heart you utter the words but they can't come out it's all coming from the heart she was praying to god please give me a son and if you give me a son god here's my vow i will dedicate him to you his life will be yours so as she's leaving eli makes a statement about her being a drunk woman and she tells Eli, i have not i have not had any wine or any strong drink, I was crying out to God. I'm petitioning him, I want a son, I want a child. And of course, Eli blesses her in hopes that God fulfills this request she's made. Well, later on, her and her husband went back, and they, of course, came together and knew each other. and she was blessed. She was given a son, and they named him Samuel. Now here's what's interesting. I'm going to get down to this verse, 1 Samuel 1, 27, 28. Verses 27 and 28, 1 Samuel. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Let me explain. When she had raised her son and weaned him, It was time for her to follow through with her vow. So she brings her son back to Eli, to this temple. And she lends her son, which means she dedicates. He was set apart for this service. She followed through with her vow. And so Eli takes Samuel in. Hannah, in her weakness and despair prayed for a child. She prayed for a child, and then she vowed to get dedicated to the Lord. You know, I don't want you to forget something here. By design, we were created to be in perfect union with God, for we are His creation. That is by design. Was that design disrupted? Absolutely, and we'll get to that. But Samuel was dedicated to God. He was set apart. Believing mothers, believing mothers should pray for and guide their children into a relationship with the Lord. You know, I used to think those my kids. And yes, today I claim my kids. I didn't marry Brittany, and she already had them. I tell people that all the time. I married into this family. But they are my children, and sometimes I take it to the extreme. These are mine. But truthfully, you know what? They're not my children. They're on loan. I've been blessed with these children. You've been blessed with yours. We are to raise them and grow them in godly instruction, and godly ways, to bring them to a point where they enter into a relationship with God. That's our task as parents. But they're not ours. They belong to God. In in, uh, Psalm 103 it says, "'Know that the Lord, He is God.'" This is Psalm 103. "'Know that the Lord, He is God.'" It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. God has blessed us with these children we get to raise. but they, just like us, belong to God. And so I think of Samuel, and I think of Hannah, who in her spiritual darkness, in her, her anguish, fell to her knees praying to God, uttering the words from her heart for the child, and God heard her. It was bright as day for God. Hannah was in darkness, but it was bright as day for God. And he blessed her. And then she dedicated that son to God. And we should all follow suit. That is something we should all fight for with our children. Dedicating them to God. Look at verses 13 and 14. For you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Mothers, by design, do you realize how beautiful a vessel you are, mothers? You are a wonderfully constructed, beautiful, magnificent vessel. By design, you carry life. You protect that life. You give provision to that life through God. But you're the vessel. How wonderful mothers are. And you know what? Science can't explain this. Let's talk about science and the miracle. Science can observe the things of conception. Science can observe the period of gestation and all the things that happen. They can observe childbirth. Here's how this works and why this does this and blah, blah, blah. But science cannot explain the miracle. They cannot explain the miracle of life and how this all comes to be. All they can do is observe the things that God has allowed them to observe and the process. I love this verse from Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the very first chapter, the fifth verse, Jeremiah 1.5. It says, before I formed you in my mother's womb, excuse me, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Did you get Jeremiah 1.5? I'm getting this. There we go. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. This means Jeremiah was set apart. But you get this in the verse though. Before you were even formed in the womb, man, I knew who you were going to be. I knew your shape. I knew your frame. I knew the amount of hair on your head. I knew you because I am your designer, your creator. Have science explain that to me. Science cannot explain the miracle behind this. And this is why, mothers, you are held high. Even the Bible. The Bible looks to mothers as an example. There is so much usage. I just chose three things. The restoration of Israel. I want, you to, I want to explain to you some of the examples that the Bible uses to, to, to help reference something by example of a mom. So Isaiah 49, 15, and the restoration of Israel says this, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Okay, a woman who is nursing their brand new baby and that baby cries for her milk. It's going to have compassion on her child. Take that child to her and feed him. She's going to have that compassion. But even if they forget, God will not. And he's using an example of a mom, the compassion a mother has for her child. He's using that in Scripture, talking about the restoration of Israel. Here's the next one. This is, this is Jerusalem rejoicing. This is Isaiah 66, 13 as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. He's using the example of a mother's comfort that we all know, a mother's comfort, in relation to how he is going to comfort the people of Jerusalem. Again, a wonderful example of our moms. John 16, 21 through 22, says, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come, but when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Just as a mother, in the anguish of pains of childbirth, Once she delivers that child and is holding it, all that anguish is replaced with joy. And he uses this example to explain to us, we have sorrow, we have pain and hurt right now, but when we see Jesus again, the joy that we get to exchange for that sorrow, we will never think about that sorrow again. And that joy can never be taken from you. See, they use, uh, God uses mothers and references mothers, their comfort, their love, their care. He uses it in Scripture. Mothers are a very, very special part of the design. You know, I let's talk about our senses just for a second. We were blessed with eyesight and and hearing, taste, touch, and smell. And here's what's really awesome about our God. We were given these senses, and then God fills his creation with pleasures for each of these senses— because he's exceedingly good. And because he's exceedingly good, you know what he does for us? He allows us, uh, our mothers, to be the first one that fills these senses. As a child is born, all these senses are filled by the mother. His design is magnificent. Let's talk about Mary for a second. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary exemplifies what Paul was speaking about in 1 Corinthians. Uh, when he discusses the body, for just as the body is one, okay, and has many parts or many members, so it is with Christ. Many members, so it is with Christ. God arranged the members in the body. right? He arranged the members, each one of them as he chose, just as he chose Mary to bring his son into the world. And you know, Mary, come on. You think this was easy? She was betrothed. You know, marriage was a serious thing. You were engaged for a year, but it was marriage. I mean, you had to get divorced before you were technically ever married. That's how Syria was. This was a teenage girl. Joseph was older, and all of a sudden she's pregnant. You can imagine the looks, but this is how God chose to do it. And Mary embraced this plan. She, was a, she played a role. So she was bringing this, his, God's son into this world. Now, he has a role for each of us, just like he did Mary. He has a role for each of us in His great and divine plan. Our role may be big, guys. It may be big, but it may be small. It may bring a lot of attention, our role. And guess what else? It may go unnoticed. Sometimes it does. But here's the thing with it. We must all embrace this plan knowing that we exist to magnify the Lord. I told you in the beginning we were created to be in perfect union with God, and that got disrupted. But here is part of the plan, this beautiful young woman named Mary, who will become the mother of God. Here's this plan that she is fully embracing because she is highly favored. Gabriel tells her the plan, and she says, yeah, whatever the Father says, whatever the, his will. She embraces it, and she magnifies the Lord. Here's why it's important when we talk about Mary. Eve fell victim to the serpent's deception. She fell victim to the serpent's deception in the Garden of Eden, and it was initiating the deadly affliction of sin when that happened, and it severing it severed humanity from its creator. You have to understand that it was broken. That perfect union was severed and broken. But God had a plan. He had a magnificent, wonderful plan. And in God's plan, He chose Mary, of course, to bear the Savior, whose death on the cross would restore us. God fixed the problem. And restoration, through the birth of Jesus Christ, He uses Mary to restore us to him there was an early church leader, a very influential thinker, named Irenaeus. And Irenaeus said this: "The knot, KNOT, the knot of Eve's disobedience, was untied by Mary's obedience. For what Eve bound by unbelief, Mary loosed by her faith. See Mary, a member of this body, going back to First, first Corinthians. Mary, a member of this body, guys, had a very unique relationship with her son. Nobody can claim this but Mary. She alone transitioned from the mother of God to a child of God. She alone. And in the beginning, if we go back to the birth story, if we go back to the nativity, we find Mary pondering many unusual things. I mean, let's face it. Her son is God, right? So she's pondering these wonderful things that are happening. She's watching this child grow. And then we know, we find Mary later traveling as a disciple too. But here's what's interesting. At the very end, at the very end of Jesus' ministry, as he's hanging on the cross, Mary is there at the foot of that cross. His mom is there at the foot of the cross, watching her son give up his life. And in Jesus' last breath, he made sure that his mom would be looked after. Widows, it was a big deal back then. And Jesus wanted to make sure that his mom would be looked after. In John 19, 26 through 27, we read this. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that is the disciple John, Standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Now Jesus had brothers and sisters, and some of you may be asking, Why didn't they take care of his mom? You have to understand, Mary was following Jesus. Mary was with Jesus. And the other brothers and sisters, such as James, were not there. They did not believe in Jesus. They did not believe he was the Messiah or the coming Christ. They did not believe that. It wasn't until after the resurrection that they believed it. It was John there with Mary at the the cross. Just those two, right? And that's why John took her in and took care of her. Jesus was taking care of his mother. This is how important mothers are. They are a very special part of God's creation. And as we have witnessed today, they all play a very special role in God's redemptive plan for us. We always have to look at these characters in the Bible as part of this redemptive plan. So both Mary and Hannah should inspire mothers, actually, they should inspire us all, to follow this similar path, and that is to be wholly devoted to God's plan. We know that they're beautiful vessels. We know that deep inside, it's like bright day for God to do his intricate work, bringing us into life, weaving us together, knitting us together. And then these mothers, these wonderful, glorious vessels under God's design and plan carry us and bring us into this world. Why? So that we can magnify and honor God like the perfect union that was supposed to be originally that was severed, yet we now have Jesus Christ fixing the problem. Let's get back to that union, that perfect union. Mothers are a very special part and all of us should be wholly devoted to God's plan. Look at 15 and 16. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Folks, you were not born by chance. This was not a random act from a single cell organism. Uh, People that are evolutionists, people that uh, don't believe in God, They're gonna tell you what we need is time. We need millions and millions and millions of years. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, I'm gonna ruin it for you, spoiler alert. You can never have a perfect condition over millions and millions of years. It's not gonna happen. Do we all have bad days? Yeah. Well, why can't we all have good days? Because that's not how it works. This is not random, us coming into this world. This is not about science. Science may observe and report But this is about the miracle of life. We were created to magnify the Lord, to exalt the Lord, to have perfect union with him. That's what we were created, but we are so far from that now. But when we look to our mothers, it's gonna bring us one step closer. Let me get to this right now. God knew Hannah. Remember in Jeremiah when I told you God knew him before he was even formed? God knew Hannah just as he knew Samuel. Even Hannah was knit in her mother's womb. God knew her. Now he knows Samuel, who is yet to come. As she prayed in the darkness, God, please help me, give me a son. She had no idea that the son that would come into this world would be one of the greatest judges. He was one of the greatest of the judges. And he was a prophet. He anointed King Saul, the very first king, and he anointed King David, which lied in the Messianic line. As she prayed for this child, God knew what he would look like and who he would be. It's all part of his plan. You and I are no different. We don't know what our role may be, how big, how small, but we need to embrace the design that is God's. And I love this. <clears throat> Just as Hannah was created known by God, so was Samuel, right? Listen to this verse in Revelation 4.11. Who are you, our Lord, excuse me, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power, Why? For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. It's Mother's Day. We're observing this day in honor of the Lord as we recognize our mothers who were what? Who were created by God. By his will they exist and are created. And who do we give the glory and honor to? God. That's exactly what my main point was earlier. This verse clarifies that. And listen to this. Let's talk about arrangement by design. Arrangement by design. Psalm 127.3 says this, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord and the fruit of the womb a reward. Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, it's not the best idea to call your mother and start with that. I did that, Mom, it's Mark. Did you know I'm I'm your reward? I'm your gift, Mom. Exactly, that's what I heard on the other end of the line. Once the laughing stops, I said, Mom, I probably should have started with some context because it's biblical that I'm your reward, right? So here's the cool thing. In rewarding Hannah by providing her with Samuel, she was rewarded. God also satisfied Israel's need for a great leader. And as God's prophet, Samuel would bring Israel out of spiritual darkness and back into a proper relationship with him. Not only was she rewarded, this son would do great things. So she was grateful, grateful to lent him to the Lord, to dedicate him, to set him apart, because Samuel would bring Israel out of spiritual darkness into a proper relationship with him. You know what? Israel was also looking for a great leader in Mary's time. We know this. Of course, Mary's son would accomplish far more, far more than just the salvation of Israel we know that. But listen, Hannah asked God for a child. It's biblical. Mary was told by God she will have a child. Biblical. But both were blessed. Both were blessed. Whether you asked or were given, both were blessed, and they rejoiced And they wanted to express the glory and honor to God through their expression of thanksgiving. And I'm just going to give you the rundown. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, Hannah offers a prayer. And in this prayer, she says, my heart exalts the Lord. I exalt the Lord. I rejoice in your salvation. This is part of her prayer because of the gifts of Samuel. She is praising the creator, the designer, for this beautiful creation. That is Samuel. Mary does the same thing. In the first chapter of Luke, Mary says, and this is a song, she gives us a song. My soul magnifies the Lord. She also states, I rejoice in God, my Savior. Again, she was rewarded this beautiful gift. And they both gave and expressed this thanksgiving. So in both song and prayer, their praises reflect the source of their joy and strength. That is God himself. So praising God for the children that they were blessed with, we can turn it around. In turn, we can praise God for the mothers that we were and are blessed with. It all comes back to God and his design. And the reason I was so excited about this text and Mother's Day is this. You ever heard the expression, stop and smell the roses? I think it's appropriate. We gave out three roses today. Stop and smell the rose. It mean, it mean, here's what it means to me. Maybe it's something different to I you. Mean, for me, it's hit the pause button. Life is fast. We are running through this life. These days for me are getting faster and faster, and I just can't keep up. Everything is going by fast. I want to hit the pause button. When we hit the pause button, we stop so we can enjoy where we are, or we can enjoy who we're with, we can enjoy what we're doing instead of thinking the next, the next, the next, the next. Sometimes you've got to stop and smell the roses. And Jesus gives us things like this, these kind of opportunities. Listen, let's talk about design. If I see a mountain range, you know what I can do? I can look at it and go, wow, glory to God. Look what he created. When I look at our mothers, I can do the same thing. God, I want to give you all the honor and praise for my mom. We can look at the ocean as it comes in onto the shore, be blown away praying to God, prayer or song, giving him thanksgiving and praise for this. We can look at a child being born, and I don't know who can't look at a child being born and know that God exists and is real. These are beautiful parts to the design, and we need to stop sometimes and reflect and honor those things that God has designed, and today as we observe this day, we bring honor to God, we are recognizing our mothers and who they are to us. Like I said in that main point, we want to recognize, because as we recognize these mothers by design, we are giving all the glory and honor to the designer. So, amen, thank you for that. Listen, here's what you're going to do today. I know you're going to take people to dinner or take people to lunch. You're going to go home and give gifts or call, right? You're going to celebrate and honor, even if they've passed. You're still going to reflect and Honor those people that were your moms because they are a part of God's design, a great and magnificent part. We have it in the Bible telling us. It's referenced in Scripture how important mothers are, even from the foot of the cross, to explain how much they love Israel. It's all throughout Scripture. Mothers are an important part of the design. So yes, today we recognize, we celebrate, and as we do, we bring honor and glory to our God because He is is the ultimate designer so the challenge today is as you enjoy the hugs and kisses and the roses and the candies and all the gifts and whatever you do spoil your moms know that they are a part of God's design and that we need to give him all the glory and the honor for who they are because they were knit in the womb they were miraculously and wonderfully made do we need to honor them absolutely we do But God, the ultimate designer, the ultimate architect, he gets all the glory and honor for those people that we love. And sometimes we have to remember, we have to remember how great and how exceedingly good our God is. Because life is fast. Sometimes you gotta hit pause and just sit back and go, wow, God, look what you've done. And that's what I want for you to do today as you love on your moms. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are the creator of all things. We know that we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. Father, we know that the original design called for perfect union. It was supposed to be different, but that was severed. There was a disconnect. But then in your wonderful plan, which mothers are a huge part of this design and plan, you brought Jesus Christ into this world to fix the problem. We are now restored to you, Father. We belong to you. We are your people. Father, every one of us awaits the most awesome and glorious future with you. So we want to thank you, Father, for your design. And part of that glorious and miraculous design are our moms. Father, we want to celebrate them, and we want to love on them, all because we know that they are yours. You've given us these mothers, Father, By design, you've given us these mothers to nurture us and to love us and to care for us. So Father, we want to celebrate them and honor them, but Father, it all goes to you. Everything comes back to you. So we praise your name right now. This church praises your name. We give you all the honor and the glory, Father. We want to shout it from the mountaintops who you are and what you've done for us. You are an amazing God who does exceedingly good things for us constantly and one of those is blessing us with our moms. So Father, we thank you for them. We pray over them right now, Lord. We pray all of them to have a wonderful wonderful day. Just help us love on them and recognize them, Father. Help us tell them what they mean to us. But in doing so, let us praise your name because it's all part of your grand design. Let us hit that pause button, Father, and reflect and just Thank you for what you've done. Thank you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.